everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. How are you, Kazo? Ciao. It's been a moment. I know. It's been a minute. I just, we were off last week. Yes, I was on the fantastic voyage, How the Tom Joyner cruise. I will tell you all about it because first, I need an update on my baby boy. Oh, my God. Miles. Well, okay, so it's been a couple weeks. It's been two solid weeks of stress and strain. and uh, Since his eye accident, right. for those and who didn't catch the episode them, right, before. Is, so Miles, our youngest son, who's 18, um, he's, he played soccer for five years in Florida. He came up here. He played basketball. Um, he did a little bit of soccer up here. He's a senior in high school mm-hmm. um, and decided last semester of his entire high school career, the thing he wanted to do is switch and play baseball. Which is not an easy sport to just jump into. No. Um, so he's playing outfield two weeks ago, um, Friday. Um, and I'm on, I was on my way to the um, Tribeca Film Festival because I was interviewing Trayvon Martin's parents and mm-hmm. filmmakers who'd done that great Jay-Z series. So I'm on my way to the thing. I get a text from Jason saying, Miles in the hospital. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> so, you know, you can't leave. Like, I'm on my, I was literally on my way there. So I had to keep going. Um, he was like, sent me just a few details that he got hurt during the baseball game. So I don't know what happened to, to him, but I know he's in the hospital. So I go through, I do the Tribeca thing. Um, and then. Completely distracted, I'm completely sure. Completely <laughs> distracted. But, you know, you have to be in the moment. I mean, this is Trayvon Martin's mom and dad. This is such an important project. It's a brilliant film, by the way. They played about 45 minutes of it. Um, the first episode of it, if you haven't seen it, the series, you should really watch it. It's really good. No wonder Jay-Z's winning Peabody's. Yeah. Um, he actually won the Peabody for the other film he did about Rikers Island. Yeah. But nonetheless, so I'm at this thing. I get through it after doing red carpet and doing that. So then I, I head over there, and it turns out that he got hit with a fly ball, direct hit to the eye. His eye is like a ping pong ball. Yeah. Um, he's all in the hospital bed, just, you know, full of wires, the whole thing. It was really scary. Oh God. Um, so he's been through a little bit, but you know, two weeks later, thank God. Him, he spent a few days. Yeah, he spent four days in the hospital. Um, you know, he had a minor surgery. He has the best eye doctors. You know, let me tell you, look at God. Let, let's do a look at God. For okay, a let's do a look at God. So yes. We, so we get to the hospital and we find out that he happened to get to the hospital on the day that the chief ophthalmologist on call is a guy who played minor league baseball. Really? Back in the day, he played with Mario Cuomo. Mario Cuomo was, old, was older than him, yeah. but he played in like the minor leagues. Yeah. And so he actually understands baseball injuries like really, really well. Oh, wow. And he was just the person you Probably want to have. Probably seen this particular injury before. Before. And his son is the head of ophthalmology. So he had the best tag team. He had the best doctors. Oh, they were super nice. They, you know, check up on him. They were very attentive. The staff at the hospital were brilliant, wonderful, kind. They gave him his own room after a while. Once they found a room for him, yeah. um, just the nicest people, the nicest staff. Everybody took good care of him. It's been it's been a lot. It's been traumatizing because that's sure. a scary injury and the potential, you know, for losing your eyesight permanently is there. And yeah. you know, your optic nerve can't be fixed if it's broke if it's you know destroyed. So thank God, you know, two weeks later, knock on wood, he's doing much better. You know, and you know now he's focused on things like prom and graduation. He's going to be able to make it to prom. So excited. With both, with both He's going to wear a patch? No, he doesn't have to. He is, he is healed so fast. They put him on so many different medications, it was kind of scary. What does his eye look like now? If you saw him right now, mm. what you would just see is it looked like he had allergies, like his eyes a little bit pink. Okay. But it was blue. That's it. was it? deep red. When your phone, how your phone is red, yeah. like cherry red, fire engine red, and yeah. you couldn't even open it without lifting like it. Like everything that was white was red. Everything that was white was deep red like the, and, oh. and the eye was swollen but then it you know the anti-inflammatories all the stuff they gave him and slowly but surely the eye went down 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 
Um, he has just, a, you can see a little place where they had the incision because he right. broke the bone under the eye <gasps> and in the interior of the eye. So he broke two bones. I mean, it's it, the thing is, you know, he's lucky is that it could have been worse, believe it or not. You know, if he had taken that hit like to the bridge of the nose, you can brain yourself. You know, you can, yes. can drive your nose bone into your brain. Just like just a slight movement of the ball in one direction or the other. That any hit. movement. Yeah, he's lucky he got hit so squarely. Um, and the velocity was such that it did damage, but it didn't do the maximum kind of damage. So it's it's been a, it's been a lot dealing with the fan. You know, the, oh. the kids happen to be at the hospital. Winston's doing her homework at the hospital. Jamar's oh. heading back and forth to work. You know, because he does school and he's doing his ushering and everything. So the yeah. family's been all kind of collecting in medical interventions and yeah. drops and this and that. And you know, Jason and I just you know. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But- Is he done with baseball? Child, he can't play baseball anymore. <laughs> the doctor said, you can't play any sports. You better sit down. But he's determined to play. But, you know, baseball, he can go to the games. Because he's about to go to college. I'm wondering right. if he's going to try out for any teams once he gets to college. Not if he wants to Not if he wants to live, because I'll be the one to take him down. I'll be like, no, Miles, you cannot <laughs> play sports. You have one. You have to protect your other eye. Yes, he You does. can't take that chance. So he wants to, but he's young. and He's 18, so he feels invincible. Yeah. But, you know, with young people, it's hard to talk them out of, you know, things. But I think – because what he wants to do is he wants to be in, you know, the in the NBA or in, you know, in athletics, in professional athletics, but as a back office type of person. Oh, okay. It's not like he wants to play. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very good at sports. He's mm-hmm. pretty much good at every sport, but he wants to be more in the business. So and I just say for a second that you're going to hear me crunching because I'm about to crunch too. Joy Ann made me get potato chips. I make you do it. And these are salt and vinegar. They're hers. Jackie provided the dollars <laughs> to put in the vending machine. <laughs> She's a pusher, pusher woman. <laughs> Your fault. You don't like salt and vinegar. No. I live for salt and vinegar potato chips. I used to be a sour cream and onion girl. Then I was barbecue. No. You don't like any flavored no, chips? No, I just like plain chips. It's just like people who put ketchup on their fries. I don't get that. What? I just want plain French fries and you plain chips. You have to have ketchup on fries. It's mm-hmm. so delicious. It's, it feels too acidic. I just want plain fries and plain. Like people get the McDonald's fries and saturate them. And I, No, I don't like to put the, the ketchup on top of my fries. Yeah. I like it on the side because I like to dip. See, I can't do that. You don't like it on top or Mm-mm. dipping? I just like plain. Do you like I, mayonnaise with your oh, fries? Oh, God, no. I, no. That's gross. And people put vinegar. I just literally just want plain yeah, the potatoes. No just, hot sauce? Mm-mm. You should try that. You don't like Maybe hot sriracha. Sauce? I do like sriracha. Try it on the chips. Trust me. All right, I'll try I had, have an But you told me to try an to Impossible that. Burger said it wouldn't make me poop. It didn't make you. You had to poop anyway. You had some other stuff going on in your gastrointestine. I did lose two pounds. So I thank you for that. The I tell you, I ate the Impossible Burger that day and had no side effects whatsoever. Because you already had pooped everything out. <laughs> there was nothing left. That was a long it time ago. It left you with nothing. <laughs> it left you with nowhere to go. Well, let's talk about you. I mean, you said you were on the cruise. We, mm-hmm. we, we interrupted that. Let's let's go back to how that was. Yes, Tom Joyner. Tell Joyner's. us who was on it, the oh celebrities. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Layla Hathaway, mm. who I had the opportunity to interview, she is my favorite singer on this planet. Amazing. I love her so much. She performed. And then um, she sat down with me um, for a women's empowerment panel. Um, it was Layla, this comedian who's very funny. Her name is Pretty Ricky. She's new and up and coming. She okay. was on the on the cruise. Babyface, mm. who was incredible. Chris Brown was supposed to be on. I never did understand that booking, but he canceled. They replaced him with CeeLo 
Common, and Snoop Dogg. I'm like, why didn't you book them in the first, in the first place? place? So the three of them like kicked. That was like the first night of wow. concerts with the three of them. Mm. Um, and Together? that was incredible. Yeah, Snoop wow. Dogg. You know, he came with the Puff Puff Pass. That's it. Yeah, girl, he represented. But um, so in Vogue, SWV, the wow. Jones Girls. You gonna make me love somebody else? Yeah. Remember them? Well, it's just one Jones girl oh. um, left, one sister. Mm-hmm. But she had an incredible um, team of background singers. Okay. She, I mean, everybody who comes performs really well. The OJs, Isley Brothers, um, I said In Vogue and SWV. Who else? It's a slew of hip-hop, which you would love. And these are all on how many nights? It, we go for seven days. And there's concerts every night. Every night. OJ, I said the OJs. Um, they're just, I can't even keep up. There's so many. Yeah, Anita Baker, who shouted me out ah! on stage. That's awesome. Let me tell you something. That's amazing. I, if you look at my Instagram now, there's a picture of my reaction. Because Sybil Wilkes, who's Tom Joyner's co-host on the radio show, was like, go up on stage. You know, Ro- Roland Martin was already up there. Of course. He was just too much all day long on the cruise, as always. Ugh. Anyway, he was already on the stage right. videotaping for who knows what. Of course. <laughs> so Sybil's like, you know, go up on the stage. And I was like, no, you know, I can be shy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, she was like, go up, go up, go up. So finally I went up there and I sat next to Roland, who, of course, snatched my camera, out of, my camera phone out of my hand to show me how to take proper video, extra, extra. But Anita was on stage performing and she said, oh, and she pointed me out. And I'm looking like, looking behind me, like, is she talking to me and she said two of my favorite journalists she said roland martin and jackie reed i was like what oh my god i would have died died. like they could have tossed me overboard i was (laughs) and you would have floated and i would have floated that's amazing oh she and her performance i don't understand why she is retiring because you know she's on this whole farewell tour yeah i don't know why her voice is amazing let me tell you Babyface was on the boat. He came and sat for, for her. Like, all of the artists on the boat came to see Anita To listen perform. to her. Wow. Tyler Perry flew in to get on the boat to see her performance. Wow. And then left when she left because we docked in Jamaica. Right. She got on, performed, and then got off. She didn't wow. stay on the boat. <clears throat> Tyler, who, for anybody interested in acting, this was a dream come true, did auditions all what? week long. Did You did, like, casting calls. Oh, my God. And by the end of the week... He got back on the boat, and they had to do their final audition in front of Tyler Perry and an auditorium full of people. That's amazing. It was amazing, and they chose 11 people who will now be in some of his projects. That's amazing. You know, it was interesting. I was like, I hope you didn't hear our podcast when I was talking about acrimony. When I went up to say hi. Listen, as long as those checks clear, they can be in a movie. It's not the best. It's fine. But you know, he said on that cruise that acrimony he felt was his best work. What? I was just like, right. I didn't mean that. He, he had to say that. That's good marketing. Why. Yeah, good I guess. Yeah. I guess, I guess. Yeah. But it was cool. They did a one-on-one with him because he has like an empowerment book that's out. So they do okay. a lot of one-on-one conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just That's it's amazing. like what I like to compare it to is during the day it's kind of like the convention center at the Essence Festival. Right, there are all these amazing um, seminars and panels and different things going on. You know, um, and Denny's was a big sponsor this year, so they did a chopped cooking competition. Denny's has come back that far. Chef. Yes, they listen. <laughs> okay. They are trying to repair. Okay. And they were there. Repair and replace? They were, they were the um, signature sponsor. Interesting. And they had a chopped competition. Well, it was really good. Can I ask you, what is the ratio of regular people to celebrities? Because it sounds like it's just full of celebrities everywhere you turn. Oh, no, 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 no. no. There are about 4,000, a little over 4,000 people on the boat. Oh, okay. The celebrities are maybe about, 
5% of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, there are a lot of celebrities that are there to perform. Right. But, you know, it's listeners and fans of Tom's and just people who want to come on and have and a good time. fans of yours, Jackie Reed. Well, you know. You know. There's yes. so many of us. Like, every morning we did had to do radio. Because I go, and we have to work. Yeah. We do radio every morning at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. We record, and it's all these comedians. Tom is a big supporter of comedy. Mm-hmm. So there are comedians all over the boat performing. And they're part of the radio show in the morning. And it's a good time. It's exhausting, though. I'm sure. Because, you know, you start, they have workouts early in the morning with all these fitness experts. And then there are all these seminars all day long. And then the concerts, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, first round of concerts. 10, 10 p.m., second round of concerts. 2 a.m., next round of concerts. Wow. Then there are all these late-night DJs and clubs are open, and it's just on and on and on. That's amazing. It's exhausting, but it's fun. But I'm sure it's fun. That yeah. sounds like fun. Wow. Yeah. And there's a big Greek life, so, you know, I always organize the big Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated picture every year. Mm-hmm. It's a Rody Incorporated picture every year, and it's, you know, it's so great. That's amazing. We have a good time. I'm glad you have fun. I did. That's I'm a exhausted. good reason to be off. That sounds exciting. Yes, and, exhausting. So, and then you have to rest from the cruise when you come back and go do. back to work and do your life. See, and I always have to come back and fill in for Sybil on radio. Okay. I co- guest co-host for her. Because she takes a break. She after. takes a break. So. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, I love. I love doing that. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm tired. Yes, but, but it's a good fun. Tire. That's a but good But I try tire. to tell people all the time. People hear about that cruise, and they're always like, ask old people. I don't want to be on a boat with all those black people. But it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's not. There's a range of age. From, you know, people in their 20s. Don't lean back. She's trying to lean back so you can't hear her, you. <laughs> You're so polite. No, there's a range of people from their 20s on up into their 80s. There was a man, the oldest man on the boat was like in his 90s. Wow. He had a walk. He was on the dance That's floor. That's Cat Daddy. You know, he was probably out there getting it in. Having a good the time. The old people really get it in. When they get on they the dance really floor, they don't play do. around. Let me tell you. They have an imperative so to be funky. They do. They get out there like, I got limited time. I'm about to get out here and do my thing. Not <laughs> <laughs> much longer I got. I'm going to do this. an expiration date Ex- that I can see. I can see it. I'm about to do this right now. I have been stamped. I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing all these moves. They Watch get out them. there. Let me tell you. Mm, I, mean, I love No, I, seasoned citizens are the best. Oh, yeah. They live life to the fullest. Oh, we had. I'm telling you. Don't put so my godmother out there. I didn't take her next year. She will be running the dance floor. Ooh, what she would never sleep. Oh, you know what? We didn't say what we were drinking. Oh, we did not. Clink, clink, clink. Clinkity, clink. Okay, so we're drinking the Sterling. So delicious. There's sparkling rose, which is one of our favorites, Joanne. Love it. Isn't it yummy? Delicious. (laughs) I have a glass. You have a cup because you had some residue in your glass. I think my glass had soap in it or something. I think it was probably soap or something. Yeah. You you thought somebody was licking the the glass. It tasted like somebody had licked the glass. How does that taste? I don't know, but that's how I would imagine in my mind. You know how you like imagine what things would taste like that you've never tasted? Yeah, that's it. Like this is what poop must taste like, (laughs) even though you've never had poop in your mouth. How do you know what someone licking a glass would You know like when you get a glass that's not properly clean because someone else has breathed on it because they've used it? And like you could still smell their old breath on the glass? That's what the glass You are such like. a germaphobe. I am. That's so Just the funny thought that me. somebody had breathed in that glass just made me give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> but you were like, it tastes like. It did. <laughs> it did. I could taste it. I don't know what that tastes like. Run away, run away, love. You know I need you. We have to move on to some of the other things that happened this week because yes. a lot went on media-wise. Yeah, you're still in mourning over Fear the Walking Dead. Can so we start mad. with that? I'm so angry. So I got caught up. I saw the episode where, spoiler alert, Nick is dead. And you are so sad. I was ready for him to die, though. No, no, no. You know what? When I first started watching Fear the Walking Dead, I hated the show. 
<laughs> hated it. Hey, I thought it was dumb. I thought the people were dumb. And he, he was one of the teenagers. He was one of the teenagers. Hated. This family with that has an annoying mom, a super <laughs> annoying dad, an annoying stepbrother. His mom, who actually wasn't annoying, but then she dies. And you're and the only person in the entire family, this family that we're following through this experience of mm-hmm. experiencing the zombie apocalypse, the only one with any good sense is Nick. And that when you when the show opens, who is Nick, a drug addict? Nick is a drug addict. But even in a drugged out stupor. Nick is in his crack house with his girlfriend. He wakes up from his drug-induced stupor next to his, you know, with rags and garbage everywhere. He looks around. He doesn't see the girlfriend. He walks through the crack house, the flop house, wherever he's been doing his drugs. Right. He sees the girlfriend. She turns around and is a zombie. Right. Nick immediately understands that she is a danger to him. He immediately understands that she is essentially a walking dead. And he runs like hell and does the funniest run. He, he runs. <laughs> and I love Nick. I'm like, Nick has good sense. Nick figured this out immediately. Meanwhile, the mama is in the same position at school. Her principal of her school turns around and he's a walking dead. And you know what the mama says? Can I help you? Is there some way that I can help you? Let me Do you need help? And it's like, lady. Let me defend Allison. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Let me put this on the table. Nick's girlfriend, when he saw her, was eating someone. Correct. She was eating someone. The principal was a walking dead. He, but he wasn't. He, he was just days into it. He wasn't. Didn't have any blood anywhere. He just was zombified and growling. Right. But he was. Ah, if somebody's ah, growling at you like that, you gotta ask them. Can only, I help you? Only if you know zombies exist. And remember, in the world of The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, they don't know about zombies. Nick figured it out. And Nick was the smartest one. Nick had good she, plans. She was mom, eating someone. But the mom kept messing things up. So Madison, throughout the series, she and the daughter, the daughter who called the bad guys over to their boat because she wanted to have a boyfriend who, to talk but to. But the daughter who is now a badass. Yeah, it took her a long time to figure things out. And then you have the mom who, when the daughter gets taken by a Native American tribe in a trade, she bollockses the deal because I need to get my daughter. No, there was a deal on the table. The daughter would have been fine. She ends up getting everybody killed. Every time Madison does something, people die. It was Everyone just those dies. men that went with her to help. And all the Native Americans but two. She, got, she, got, she wiped out an entire Native American tribe by herself. But she made it right, right by killing the old rancher and severing his head and delivering his head. And destroying the ranch where, even though they were pretty racist, yeah, uh, they were crazy racist survivalists. But they, they were surviving. Took the, they took the land they were from surviving. the Native Americans. They took their land. Yeah, but the Native Americans should have been able to handle that, go and in there and wipe them the, out. they killed that dude's daddy. And by the way, the Native Americans who should have gotten the land back are all dead because of Madison. <laughs> well, they're not all dead. There's some survivors. Two. Because they have that white man's head. <laughs> <laughs> and Anywho, they're going to mount it when they get their land back. I now have no one to root for except, um, thank God, Morgan is now on the show. Because Morgan and actually the, the guy he found, the, the former cop, I who love talked him. to himself. John, John. Duraso or whatever. Yeah, those are my only two people I have to hang on to because I actually really like Fear the Walking Dead. I think yeah. it has a better story. It's more, it's moving along much quicker than The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's gotten slow. But if, if you kill, if they kill off Morgan or that guy, John, I'm going to stop watching. They're not going to. See, here's the thing with the actor who plays Nick, whose name I don't know. He wanted to leave the show. He wanted to move on. Well, he's British. So he's he an had, actor. Yeah. He wanted to get, that's actually part of it. He he's wanted British. to get back to Europe. Yeah. So he wanted to leave the show. Yeah. So they wrote him off. I hear that. I get that. And I and think listen, I'm glad that he, I, I suspect based on interviews that I saw with him, that he was not happy with the way that they were changing his character. Mm. Remember, in the seasons past, 
You know, Nick was a little bit of a, he was unpredictable. He was always putting zombie blood on his face. Yeah. And he was kind of a wild card. He was. You know, even in the last season, he was just, he was just all over the place. Yeah. Now they were trying to make him, you know, fearful of going out among the zombies True. in this yeah. episode. You know, so now he's afraid of the zombies, whereas right. before he, he was walked walking among, among them. them. Yeah. So I think he probably was not happy. Yes, I'll take some more. And his name is, I just looked him up. He's played by Frank Delane, who I think is quite a good actor. He's a great um, actor, and it'll be interesting to see what he does next. But he absolutely. wanted to leave. Well, I get that. Now, see, that actually makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, he wanted to go. And I do like Victor Strand, who is the shady the brother. Black dude. Who he's is the, the survivor? He's shady. Yeah. He's shady, but he's a survivor. He's a survivor. And I used to like Daniel Salazar, who they killed off as well. But I, I he like was him. My, he was one of my favorites, too. He was one of my favorites because he knew how to survive. And I think Victor is a survivor. You know, I'm getting used Victor to Strand, the Victor Strand, because Victor had the boat on the ready. He had a boat ready to he go. He was not, fa he's not place to go. phased by the apocalypse. No. He always has a deal to make. That's correct. And he's I like, like him. He's like, I'm going to wheel and deal out of any situation. I love that Morgan is on the show now. Me too. I love the new people that are on the show. Yep. I love that Dharma is on the show now. It'll be interesting to see. Dharma? <laughs> Dharma from Dharma and Greg. Remember the sitcoms? Is, which one Will is you she? you watch something besides Sci-Fi Woman? I've heard this of Dharma you never and Greg, watched but I Friends. never saw it. It was a sitcom, you know, back when Friends was on yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. It was um, Jenny, the name of it. Uh, Jenny Elfman, I think okay. is her name, the actress. Mm -hmm. um, she played this, you know, free-spirited, I don't know what she did for a living, but she was married to a very conservative lawyer. Um, and it was, his, her name on the show was Dharma. He was Greg. Now she's on um, Fear mm. the Walking Dead. Interesting. She was the woman that they found when they went to those tanks and the oh, she, yeah. and, they, and she fell in. Yeah. Remember, she the, first she tried to hold Madison hostage Correct. and all that. Not hostage, but ho held yeah. her at gunpoint. It's her. That's oh, Jenna that's Elfman. Dharma. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and now, I, as I said, I think The Walking Dead has reached a point where it's frustrating to me. They won't kill off Negan. Oh, they, yeah. They keep yeah. him hanging around. Yeah. I'm bored with him. I want him gone. I can't stand seeing him or hearing about him, and I hate all his people. Yeah. I hate that they try to humanize them and make you like the saviors, I which I dislike them. So if there were no. no Walking Dead, would you like Fear the Walking Dead on its own? Absolutely. Or is it because you're so sick of the Walking Dead <laughs> that you love? No, I actually just, as a show, I think the opens are great. I think mm -hmm. it's directed better. Something about it has materially changed. Maybe it has different directing and writing. They do. They have new showrunners on okay, the show. They changed and tell. went in a totally different direction, and that's what... But I do Nick agree with you that I about. didn't like, I thought Nick's character got worse and all the other characters got better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think there probably was that. some some issue with him well, creatively. Peace, yeah. But I'm happy. Oh, do you mind if I turn this bag up? Mm -mm. My potato chip bag. Turn it up. I, I've been so gingerly trying to eat uh -huh. it. Like the chips they made that are silent for women. I feel like I'm giving in to the stereotype that I don't want to hear people hitting and crunching. Oh. So mm. meanwhile, what broke the internet this week, of course, was Donald Glover. Childish Gambino's amazing video, This Is America. More than 50 million hits so far. And I've watched it probably a dozen times. Every time I watch it, I see something new. Me too. I'm Me obsessed too. with this video. Me too. And I've read, I don't know how many articles of interpretations Same. of this. The one person that I have not heard from on this is Donald Glover. And I would love to hear what he has to say about it. I was even reading about the woman who choreograph choreographed the dance moves that he did. Mm. Um, and the man in the chair who is not Trayvon Martin's father. It's not. 
um, you know, he's a, a blues musician. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what type of musician he is, but he tweeted out that he was about to be part of history. So we know who that is. Yeah. And people keep talking about scissors in the video. Yes. Hidden, no one noticed. So her. cute at the yeah. very towards at the, the very end when he's yeah. standing on cards. So there's all this symbolism and mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different interpretations of what Donna different Hussey things. Donna Hussey piece on it is brilliant. I love that piece. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and I love you know from the pose that. Childish Gambino, I guess we should call him within the video, mm -hmm. is making when he first shoots the man in yeah. the head is supposed Minstrelsy. to be Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's so powerful. I love what it represents. Um, and everybody's talking about it. Absolutely. It's brilliant. And, and the thing that's so interesting is it came out right around the time that people were still sort of chastising um, Kanye West, who sees himself as a genius. Well, I, somebody I think, said this is what Kanye should be doing. Correct. And it's what Kanye, I think he... I think in a lot of ways, Donald Glover is what Kanye thinks he is, or at least what Kanye was during late registration era Kanye, where he was mm. doing something really significant and deep and important. And now, you know, he's 40. Not that that means anything, but he isn't, he doesn't have a handle on the culture like he used to. Kanye? So Kanye doesn't. And so he doesn't. And also, I think a lot of what Kanye did and a lot of the things that he created that were genius. He is a music, you know, music, musically, he's, he's brilliant. But I'm not sure he ever had the depth we ascribe to him. Whereas I think Donald Glover seems to have the actual depth that we ascribe to him because this video and the song and everything about it is quite deep. And it's his same director that does Atlanta. Yeah. And so then the question is, is he, is part of Kanye's angst right now, is it people like Kendrick Lamar, who's also brilliant? Yeah. People like Jay-Z, who's still in the game, who's older than he is, right? But who still gets the culture and still interprets the culture. And yeah. Beyonce is really on top of the culture right now and smart about it. And Solange, her sister... So I feel like Kanye's on the outside looking in and seeing all these geniuses sort of at work. And I think he feels envy. But, you know, there's just no arguing that Donald Glover is not brilliant. Well, I, I mean, I think with the Kanye thing, and I know I want to I don't want to talk too much about him and take away from Donald Glover. And, yeah, and this agreed. this is America. But I do think and we talked about this when uh, Chris was here a couple of weeks ago. I do think that there is and this is my opinion a mental illness component when it comes to Kanye. I, I don't want to say that he's not um, brilliant when it comes to being a creative, but I think there's interference with what's going on with him mentally. That That's my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, because I know his wife has been very clear to say that, you know, the media is labeling him as mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And I that is that is what I see based on what I what I know from family members, what I've read about mental illness, he seems mentally ill, uh, you know, but that that's my opinion. So I don't know. So I, I, it's not like I want to give Kanye a pass in any, you know, I think he needs to kind of step away and self-care. He needs self-care, but I also think he needs to read. Like, I don't, I think that we've been ascribed genius to him in part because the, the visuals of his music videos, the sort right. of wordplay, the way he uses language is smart. But just his thoughts this past week, it's shown that he hasn't thought too deeply about a lot no. of issues. And one of them being, you know, race and ethnicity and blackness, especially when it Particularly comes to Particularly right women. now. Right. And yeah. so the idea that you could be at this moment when, when Donald Trump is so vocally and, and exorbitantly and exaggeratedly and with such, you know, abandoned, yeah. threatening people of color and people who are marginalized and, and doing it really with no care. He doesn't even care how this looks. He doesn't care no. how it lands on And to people. stand with him it's, and it's, say... It's an odd thing to do. So we're hearing now from Brianna that maybe the Kanye, <laughs> there may be a Kanye's brain that consequences people like Talib Kweli. <laughs> and by the way, Talib Kweli is one of the most brilliant people in, in hip-hop and, yeah. and, and a brilliant mind apart from hip-hop, just a smart yeah. political thinker. But if Kanye was around people like that who had smart political thoughts that they could infuse and then use his ability to deliver... 
with Donald Glover, you get the sense that there is also collaboration because obviously this incredible director is a collaborator with yeah, him. Yeah, a long time collaborator. He works with him on the show Atlanta yeah. um, and some other things. But my thing is I think we're too quick um, to want to label someone as, you know, a genius or, or brilliant. I, I think to stand back and just kind of evaluate um, you know, a, a collection of, of what they do as opposed to one particular thing, you know, and, and because we did that with Kanye. Yes. You know, true. so many people went, you know, instead of stepping back and yep. really looking into who's writing the music, yep. who's helping him shape mm -hmm. the, you know, the art that he's putting out there. Yep. Um, and with Donald Glover, I don't know, was this Donald's, uh, uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, was this his idea? Yeah. You know, did he write this? Was it his concept? The video, Or is right. it part of a collaboration? That's right. Or did someone come to him and say, here's what we should do? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He gets the credit because he's the face of it. Yeah. But I, you know, and I don't know, I, as, as I've, I've read so much about this, but I don't know right. that much about, except for he collaborated with someone about if this was actually his idea. Yeah. No, you know what true. I mean? And then, then there's all the other questions about um, all the people who are now interpreting kind of where we are as black people, including Donald Glover, yeah, and whether or not their own personal choices make any difference for that. Right. Right? And so, I mean, this came up. Um, yeah, people have been talking about it, the fact that he's not married to a black woman. Yeah, this came up with Get Out, right? Yeah. With Jordan Peele with and Jordan the question Peele. of whether black men who choose not to be with black women are interpreting black culture for both black men and black women in a way that is skewed toward themselves, right? Toward well, John Legend too. Men. John yeah. Legend as well, who's not mm -hmm. married to a black woman. Um, and I, I love his wife, Chrissy Teigen. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's definitely become a part of this conversation if people, as people have been talking about This Is America. And, you know, I, I, I have to say, I think you love who you love. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely feel that way. But I do feel some kind of way about black men who say that they are down for the cause, that they're down for black people, that they're about the uplifting of black people, yet they don't date or marry black women. I, I, I take issue with that, and I have to be honest about it. It may not be politically correct to say, but it's how I feel. It, it, you know, it's just like how I, and, and, and here's the thing, just because, and like I was saying about Donald Glover, who knows how he feels about, um, you know, black people, black culture, the plight of black people um, based on, you, you can't, art is art. You know, whether or not he performed a song or in a music video or acted in a movie. You know, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor from 12, 12 Years a Slave is married to a white woman. Mm -hmm. You know, he was playing a role as, you know, a free man who became a slave. You know, but people want to attach the creative, you know, to a piece of work that they're a part of and also and, and, also, and all of a sudden make that their fight. And it may not necessarily be his fight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it, but it might be. I don't know enough about um, Chiwetel personally and his personal convictions about things to say how he feels um, about black people right. and, the, and the plight of black people. But I do, I, I have to say, I, I take issue with it. Well, you know, it's interesting because if you go all the way back um, to, you know, the 1960s and, you know, the choices that famous black men have often made. I mean, Quincy Jones was pretty blunt about this, about yeah. the fact that he pretty much exclusively married and dated white women. O.J. Simpson. Correct, right? <laughs> it goes all the way back. And so, 
that choice has always been very loaded for black women. But I think one of the reasons it's been so loaded for black women is that 90% or more of the people who tell the story of African-Americans are black men, yeah. right? And that the people we revere, the James Baldwins, the Harry Belafonte's, the, the James Earl Jones, the, Joneses, the, the interpreters of our culture, the ambassadors of us to the world. The ones when, who are interviewed, yes. you know what I mean? Who it's, tell it's the mainly story. black men. It's men. And so when they are telling the story of black culture, um, of black struggle, they are mainly telling the story of black male struggle, mm -hmm. right? 12 Years a Slave is, is a story about a black man inducted into slavery and how he sees the world. And so even though, to me, the most powerful performance in the in the movie is Lupita Nyong'o, it right? Is. It's not a yeah. story told from Lupita's point of view. Mm -hmm. And she's still sort of an object of destruction and rape and exploitation. She's yeah. still an object. And so black women are always the objects Mm -hmm. of suffering we're not the authors of the story of our suffering yeah. and so since we don't get you know we don't have Lorraine Hansberry in the position of James Baldwin which we should mm -hmm. and so I think because there's so few women who get to interpret this black men are interpreting their own reality get out is about a black man's plight yeah um, this story is in many ways about a black man this is America world. This yeah is, this is America where are the black women who get to tell that story? Because then when that black man does all the interpreting and then when he goes home, he's sharing his wealth and his life with a white woman, then a lot of black women say, well, where are we in this story? Is this right. about us? Is this about our plight too? Does this person care about us too? Or they just care about this, you know, black men and the non-black women who they love and their kids. Well, that's know. why, you know, and and it, it, it begs the question, you know, black men, how much do you care as black women collectively, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people have been complaining about the silence, overwhelming silence of black men when it comes to this whole R. Kelly situation. Yeah. You know, what you hear from a lot of black men on this on this situation is, you know, the justice system is going after R. Kelly. They're going after um, black men. They're going after Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. But what about you know, all of these girls and women who have been victimized um, because of this man, you know, are, are you saying that you don't believe he's guilty? Or you're saying, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? And what about, you know, this person and that person that's not black? You know, why is the justice system just targeting black men? And that and that's what black men are saying when it comes to this. It's just like you're saying that black women and girls don't matter. Yeah, and, you, and us being raped and abused yeah. in the way that, you know, girls have been in this situation and, and the record numbers that were being abused, you know, across this country for decades, for years, you know, you don't care about that. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because Bill Cosby's, most of his victims were white women. Yeah. Um, there's been a tremendous hue and cry and uproar, as there should be, because what he allegedly did and what he's now been convicted of doing is horrific. Yeah. Um, you know, Harvey Weinstein, most of his victims were white White women. women. Um, and except Lupita. Except Lupita. And so you're seeing all these different stories of men abusing white women. But for years, we've known what R. Kelly was doing. Yeah. And no one cares about those little black girls. And you do have the sense as a black woman that we are the least respected, the least taken an interest in, the least sort of, um, you know, cared for. It's like, And yeah. I think I remember reading in an R. Kelly article saying that nobody cares about little black girls. It's true. That no one cares. And they want to paint us, unfortunately, as this over-sexualized group. Right. So they think that anything involving a man, 
you know, whether it be date rape, whether it be domestic violence, you know, just like with Rihanna and Chris Brown, what most people, what many people, I should say, asked about, well, what did she do? Right. What did she say? Mm -hmm. It's just like, we can't be legitimate victims. We had to have brought it on ourselves in some kind of way. And I can't tell you the people who believe that with these victims with R. Kelly. Yeah, that they did something because they wanted fame. And and so I think there is a sense that we have to reevaluate, even among black people, are we giving black women and girls enough attention and even though we have these tremendous artists and I put Donald Glover in the are in that tremendous artist category mm-hmm. I mean, he was really brilliant you know the people like um, you know Jordan Peele and all these great actors and these great people the people who did you know obviously um, Black Panther like mm-hmm. there's all these brilliant black men out there yeah but they are the only ones really telling our story for the most part and there are great black women obviously brilliant black women directors you have Oprah yeah you know who's yeah. obviously brilliant yeah. and you have terrific um women, black women who are doing it too, but maybe we just don't have a critical mass of them to where we get the attention the same way. Yeah, and Ava my DuVernay, thing, obviously. Oh, the, my thing is, listen, you again, I will say it all the time, you love who you love. <clears throat> Absolutely. But let's not try to pretend that all of these men that we mentioned and plenty of black men out there who choose to date outside of our race do not have the opportunity um, and the option to date black women. You know, we're out here, so many of us are single. What do you want? Somebody tall, short, light-skinned, dark-skinned, natural hair, you know, permed hair or, or, you know, processed hair. Like, what are you looking for? Somebody from the hood, somebody from Harvard. We're out here, single. Anything you're looking for is out here, you know, depending on how you come to the table. But, you know, there are so many single black women out here. And so my thing is, are you passing us over? Or are you trying to, you know, play that whole, well, I just didn't meet anybody right. you know I didn't connect I couldn't find what I was looking for you know and I call bullshit on that mm-hmm. and I say look harder try harder because we're out here yeah. you know I'm on that Tom Joyner cruise it's you know there there's single men there but there are tons of single, single women beautiful women of every shape size um, you know, just a variety of black black women to choose from that are there. We're here we're everywhere. Yeah. So how is it that you end up with a woman that's not black and you care about black people. You know, you care about your mom. You know what I mean? You care about your family. I Or you're an advocate or you're out there like doing Yes, a, pounding the pavement, yeah, yeah. talking about the struggle. Yeah. Meanwhile, you, who you who you going to bear with? Yeah. It's it's a it's a conundrum because like you said, people should love whoever they want and it's you know, you can't you shouldn't feel forced to be with somebody you don't want to be with. But it yeah, but it how, definitely is it yeah. it's when black women sort of look at the world and our options. And then by the way, a lot of black men get upset when black women then date outside. Right? And the get mad at Eve. And it's like, wait a minute. Or Halle Berry. It's like, wait. They Rihanna. have to find someone as well. Serena right? Williams. Williams. Or Serena Williams. It's like, wait a minute. If black Those men billion aren't dollar choosing girls. them. <laughs> right. And if no black men aren't choosing them, they have every right to then have to make their own decisions too. Yeah. They, have to, they have to find love where they can. I and agree. so don't turn around and criticize Serena when she finds love where she finds it. She got her billionaire. I'm happy for her. I, I mean, can't tell you she how she has ma- to find where she can. Listen, I can't tell you how many black men I talked to that had an issue with um, scandal mm-hmm. because Carrie Washington's character Olivia Pope had a relationship with a white man. They had such an issue and could not watch the show because of that. It's you, like the nerve. But you know what? They're in the real world, and this is just statistically, if Olivia Pope was a real person. She would be unable to find a black man to date because they wouldn't date her. The yeah. most undated people statistically are Asian American men 
and black women. And black women. The most unmarried. And so the reality is, is that in statistically, Olivia Pope will be as successful, as rich, as well-dressed, as beautiful, and single. It's like Issa Rae recently said, black women and Asian men should come together. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We need to sponsor a trip to, to form, form people of color Voltron. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. All right. So let's move on. We've talked a little bit about R. Kelly, but let's revisit it for a minute and talk about the fact, Ooh. the wonderful fact that his music um, is basically being removed from Spotify. And what it is is you can still find the music on Spotify, but they will not put it in any of their playlists and they won't promote his music. Right. I say that's a victory. I remember we talked about this when I did my birthday party. Yes. And you were like, you're not going to have R. Kelly on a place. Mm -hmm. I have not played R. Kelly at a party or a thing for a long time because it's like, I love his music. Yeah. But I couldn't in good conscience. It was like, you know, I had to um, get rid of John Mayer music after yeah. he said the whole thing about his penis is racist and all that sort of stuff he so said. Crazy. And I loved uh, John Mayer's music. I do too. But in Your good body is a wonderland. I couldn't do it. I oh. mean, it, you know, I, I really loved his music, but I felt like I would be hypocritical listening to it if... You know what I mean? Like, you, you sort of have to kind of walk away from it. Yeah, I can. And Tom Joyner um, had said, and I talked about this um, on the last podcast, uh, and it made news that he was not going to play R. Kelly anymore on his radio show. Um, I mean, R has got, can I just say, I mean, Bill Cosby went down, Harvey Weinstein, R. Kelly, you know, Russell Simmons has been identified. Yeah. R. Kelly has gotten by for quite a long time because we've known this many, many, many years before any of these other things broke. We all And heard he's the only one that's targeted black girls and black women. Back to Aaliyah, who he married when she was 15. 15. And no one said anything. This is what we're talking about with valuing black girls. I mean, no people pretended that wasn't happening. Yeah. And everyone knew it and we still and people he was making an album called Black Panties. Oh, in a sense laughing at all of us who knew what he was about. And he could make an album and people still throwing panties at him. On stage. So Listen, it's like, it's, we're all complicit in a way. It's because, because it's, it's accepted. I mean, I think it happens a lot in the African-American community, particularly in poor areas um, where younger girls, you know, without means, you know, see these older men go after them. Hey, let me do this for you. Let me do that for them. And then when they don't have a lot of options, right. that's what they end up doing. Remember Sparkle's niece was one of his earliest victims. And everyone knew that yes, story. Everybody And still played it. Step in the Name of Love. And I admit it, we're stepping well, I know. Yeah. And everybody's, ooh, you, you see it that long, you come out. But in, in the back of your mind, you know it's wrong. Yeah, I stopped dancing to R. <laughs> Kelly a long time ago once I really realized um, what was going on. And, I mean, it makes me sick. But I did a story on Tom Joyner uh, maybe about three months ago about this woman who's in her late 40s, early 50s now, who was um, married off to someone from her church, a, a bishop in her church. I say bishop, maybe an elder, I should say, in her church who raped her when she was 10. What? Yep. She got pregnant. Um, her middle school teacher, that's who the nurse at the school realized this girl was pregnant, um, told her parents, her mother was infuriated, and they made her, her mother was furious, and they made her marry this man. And he, she went on to have, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember, like six, seven kids. What? Yeah, and this man beat her and abused her. And now she's out there as an advocate for child brides across this country. If you yeah. have parental consent, you can marry and it is happening. Yeah, it is. So it, you know, so I think that, you know, the whole R. Kelly thing, I think there's part of our society that looks at it like, well, 
if her parents says it's okay. Remember the Roy Moore thing where people were like, yes. well, in the Bible. It's like, no, no, yes. no, no. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a sickness. No. It is pedophilia. Yeah. And it just has to stop. We can't continue to support it. And I'm done. I'm, I say bravo to Spotify. You yeah. know, I met a woman recently who um, didn't want me to mention her name, but she told me she worked for R. Kelly for years. Um, and she witnessed a lot of what is being written about. And when I was talking to her, she broke down in tears telling me about what she saw with the treatment of these girls. And she said, I won't do any interviews. I don't want my name out there, but it's true. Yeah. Can what I, they're and, writing about is and can real. Can I just say that even with, whether it's, you know, Russell Simmons or Harvey Weinstein or R. Kelly or even Cosby, which, which goes back to like 1968 or something like that. Yeah. There, there was an era up until very recently in human history and Western history and American history where women really have been treated like objects in the workplace. That's what where I'm Where people saying. take liberties, where yes. people feel that women are just another thing for their own gratification. Women are only now waking up to that. A lot of women are now yeah. only waking up to the fact that they do not have to put up with that behavior. Because so many of them think that they do. They think they, they do. They think this is the way it is. That's it. The if one he pinches that, you on the butt, girl, let it go. Let it go. You, you don't, don't want to lose your job. You don't want to be a problem. That's right. That's right. You don't want to be the, the unfun girl in the office yes. of the problem. And by the way, I think Stormy Daniels is, an, is a hero because she's yeah. such a strong woman. And she's so in possession of her own sexuality. I, I respect her. The one thing about her story that makes me sad is the part of the story where she says, yeah. well, he was already on the bed and I had already gone to his room. So and I felt I, like I needed to, she I had to do it. She didn't want to have sex with him and she to. did. And that makes me sad because I'm thinking even somebody as strong as she is, and she right. is a very strong woman, yeah. felt obligated. Yeah. And that sense that she felt that she had no choice just because she was in the room and he was asking for it, it that makes me depressed. It is the brainwashing of women. Yeah, it that is. Go, it starts when we are very, very young. But I am also calling on black men out there in the entertainment industry. I know um, John Legend has said something. Questlove has said something. I think one other um, black man said something, but... You all need to stand up and speak out against R. Kelly no one and part anything. of this hashtag mute R. Kelly movement. Yeah. They need to be a part of it. And RCA, which is a part of Sony, mm -hmm. y'all need to drop him. I mean, it, it has gone to. Why well, is this man still with a record label? That when he's doing these concerts, y'all ladies, yeah. don't show up. Don't show up. Stop it. Because he thinks of himself as as getting getting past it because he still has the support yeah. from the audience, and a lot of that audience is female. But you know what happens, and I do have to say this, and I don't know, Brown has given us the the eye to move on. But you know, when I was on the cruise, there was a woman um, on you know that I that I met, older older woman, who was saying. Well, what? Because we were all, you know, sometimes they sit you with people and you're at, right. a, at a table with a group of people and we were talking about R. Kelly. And she was saying, well, what exactly has he done? And listen, and, and I say this to say, there are a lot of people out there who don't really pay that close attention to the news. And a lot of what's been talked about recently with R. Kelly, it's not covered that heavily That's because Trump true. just dominates. Yeah. And after about an hour of Trumpism, I yeah. turn off the TV. I've yeah. turned to something else. So there are people who still don't know the details right. of, you know, what R. Kelly is being accused of yeah. and what women who have been, you know, abused by him are coming forward and yeah. saying. I mean, Confined. there's a BBC documentary. Lifetime is now doing a documentary. Yeah. I mean, and, and and the Washington Post talked to six women yeah. that, that were victims of his, that lived with him. I mean, is everybody lying? Right. Is everybody yeah. lying? And meanwhile, by the way, you spoke about Trump. He has 19 accusers at yeah. least. 
of people who said that he made unwanted sexual advances up to even more yeah. <clears throat> unwanted sexual activity and people write that off as unimportant you i cannot tell you how many times we hear yeah. supporters of the president say they don't care they don't believe these women so unfortunately when the president of the united states is able to completely get away with it yeah and the, his victims are as frustrated and as silenced as r kelly's victims are and so if we if, if we're okay with that as a society that that guy can be the president and yeah. there's no consequences for having done that to the, these women but the consequences are selective, right? So the Attorney General of New York needs to resign immediately. Al Franken needs to resign immediately. But it's almost partisan. It's almost like if you're a Democrat yeah. that gets caught, you must go immediately. But if you're in the state party, in the national official party, the Republican Party, you can do anything. The guy, yeah. uh, the governor of Missouri, uh, Eric Greitens, yeah. is accused of some really scary behavior. <laughs> He's still there. No, you know, Roy Moore got almost to the United States Senate. I know. And he's he's all good. I mean, his party, the majority of Republicans voted for him. Yeah. The majority of white women voted, voted for him for in him. Alabama. So there, there's no consequences for abusing women. No. There's almost none unless you are a Democratic politician. Yeah. And then your party runs you out like a rail, out yeah. of the, on, the, on a rail. But other than being in the minority party, and who knows if the Democrats were the majority, I don't know, would they act the same? I don't know. So the reality is... We have a problem in that people don't care enough about the actual treatment of women and girls, yeah. particularly when those girls are black. Even women and don't women care don't. enough about they it. Don't. Women themselves they don't. don't support each other they don't. when it comes to these situations. There are women in the administration right now saying that if you don't support Gina Haspel, who was um, involved in the torture of people at Guantanamo oh, Bay, yes. and covering it up by deleting mm -hmm. the CIA tapes. If you don't support her, according to some female administration officials, you are against women. But those same women support Donald Trump and disbelieve all 19 of his accusers and think yeah. they're all liars. So where are we right now as a society when women won't believe other women because of partisan support for their, right. can their candidate, but they demand that women get behind their partisan candidate for CIA? It's all selective. It's all based on partisanship and party and politics. None of it is based on actually giving a damn about well, women. Well, you know what's interesting? With Donald Trump, you know, when he's facing his accusers or dealing with the accusers, the women that are, that are accusing him of misconduct— um, people want to believe it's fake news. Correct. You know, this is just part of a conspiracy. And with R. Kelly, it's the same thing. People want to believe it's just fake news. It's just part of a conspiracy by the man to take down a black man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know why Kanye is just the only one supporting Trump. R. Kelly should be wearing, wearing a make <laughs> Maybe America that's his hat. way out. He'd get make a whole America new great crop again of supporters. Hat. He sure could. It would work, by the way, because that side wants celebrities on their side. That might be a R. way Kelly. for R. Kelly to Listen. come back. All right, well, let's move on to racial profiling. We're not going to talk about Melania. Why? Oh, oh shit. Five Shoot. Okay, well, do we have time for even this? Do we have time? If it's five, because you got to go. Yeah, my car's here, but that's the only thing is my car. I yeah. don't have anything to do. Then wrap? Okay, you don't want to talk about Be Best? Because we're going to end up making... Let's just... Okay, so let's just quickly... I know we don't have a lot of time. Can we quickly talk about Be Best? Okay. With Melania, your first lady. When I saw it on the paper, I thought it said <laughs> Bevest. Well, Hashtag Bevest. Be the best, I think, might be proper, but... It's just be best. That's, it's just that's the only best. thing that confuses me. Why was is it she, be best? I don't know. And I think... I think she was, you know, I'm still in the fence. I've always said I feel a little sorry for Melania because I think she's trapped. 
in her own What, trapped in hell. a gold penthouse where she's super rich and can shop at Tiffany's every Listen, day? she was just trying she's, to get a, she was trying to get a green card. She just happened to stumble upon the devil that is your president. She got a platinum card instead. Yes, she she's did. Fine. But listen, no. When I saw her at Barbara Bush's funeral with everybody but her husband, she was looking like, help me. Help me. She looked happy. She looked happy. She looked like she was enjoying herself. She looked like, and it seemed like that group was like, you know, girl, come on. I bet she pulled Michelle Obama to the side and said, I don't know what to do. You no, know, you know what she said? I don't know she what said, to do. Give me the entire program that you did for advocating for children. I'm going to copy it for be and I'm going to call it Be Best. She said, listen, it's the same give program. me your Be Better. She said, I'm going to top your one and call it Be Best. Was, 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 wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yes, Michelle Obama. Are you Obama's, telling me Michelle Obama's was called Be Better? Be Better. Wait a second. I promise you. Hold the phone. <laughs> You're saying to yes. me that they just took Be Better. <laughs> yes. Kept all the same graphics, yes. the same message, the yep. same content. Yep. And, and just said, put Melania's better, better, name on it. And, yep. Like it was, good is better, better is best. Yep. And scene. <laughs> I have no further comments. And no words, right? They just took be better. And and said, you know what? It be best. Let's change it. Be best. Yeah, they like that. It didn't change anything else. Uh, no. Because the rest is exactly the same. No one would know. <laughs> no one would know the difference. <laughs> Be best. But Melania, you know, it's so... No, no. No one would know. I didn't know that the other <laughs> one was called Be Better. Be Better. They took Be Better. <laughs> Let me just back up for one second. Let me back up a taste. One second. Maybe it's the alcohol. They had a thing called Be Better that Michelle, Michelle Obama, Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama had. Yes. It had all these graphics and yep. all these things that you're going to do to sort of help children. Mm -hmm. And then they took the same graphics, same content, same everything. Everything. Took Better. Yeah. Changed it to Best. And said Be Best and put Melania's name on the top. And I don't even know. I think they may have, remember White Out? I think they may have whited out Michelle Obama's name. I don't even think they got new paper. I don't even think they went to the... <laughs> I think they just whited it out. This is why I drink. I know. This is why we probably need another round. Clink. Clink, clink. All right, yeah. moving on. Can we just, can I tell you why I am just like sick and tired of being sick and tired with all these white people calling the police on black people for doing absolutely the fuck nothing? nothing? Sleeping even. Sleeping. In their own common era of their own dorm. A student. A student the at two, Yale. The two Native American students on a college Touring. tour. I was just on a college tour with my, I just went on college tours with mom. Are you kidding me? You just see two people and you know how big these tours are? This is a bunch of people walking around campus. So you mean these two guys somehow scared you so much? Yeah. Because of their Native American scariness? I mean, really? The, the black women with the Airbnb. Because they're rolling suitcases out of where they were living Dang. for about, a limited amount of time. What about the guy who was rolling suitcases into his apartment yes. on the Upper West Side? Yes. Almost to Harlem. He's on 119th Street, which is almost Harlem. That's 125th Street is just up the block. He's putting his, what burglar moves furniture into a building? Some And apparently, you know what turns out? The person who called the cops on him, his white female neighbor right across the hall. What about the kid that was ringing the doorbell for help? To go to school. To he go wants to go to school. He's lost. He doesn't have his phone. He's never done the walk. He's only gone on the bus. He goes into his own neighbor who has a neighborhood watch sign on his window. So Saying, you think, I'm here to help my neighbors. But we should know now that not a sign no. of somebody safe. No. 
And he rings the doorbell and gets shot at and has to run for his life crying. He's 14. What, first of all, why are we using the police as the immediate go-to for any discomfort we feel in our own neighborhoods? Right. That's thing one. Why are you just like all of a sudden, you know what? I feel uncomfortable. Let me call the police. Who does that? Who? White people. <laughs> And all the time, apparently, for nothing, for minor things. One of the interesting things about... But that the police respond in the way that they do. Did you see the police responding to the Airbnb thing? They come ready to guns out. Like, the thing that's so scary is that because we know police have such a fraught relationship with black people, and that they come at us guns out, and that they come at us aggressive. And they're afraid of black people. And they're afraid. Anything can happen. When you call white people, Becky... When you and Chad, yeah, and Chad, when you call the police on black people, when they're really when when you're not certain of what's going on, like they're just sitting in Starbucks waiting on something, they're not committing any crimes. No. they're just annoying you. They're but in when your, you they're call in the what police, you think of as your space. Yes, but when you call the police, things can go down. That's right, and and people can will. die. That's right, and I. I have a philosophy on calling 911 that you only call the cops on someone if you are prepared to see them die, right? Because if yeah. it escalates, if it's somebody anyone, black, if it's somebody black, that's my. I'm afraid to call the police on a black person, to be honest, because the confrontation can very easily for nothing. Yeah. Look at Philando Castile, perfectly law-abiding guy who worked in the lunchroom, who was gun permit, kind to children, carrying got a, a legal yeah. gun permit. You know, there's a case right now in Florida of a guy who broke down on the side of the road after having brought all the band equipment home from church. He ran the church. He was in the church band. And a, a police officer pulls up to him in a plainclothes car, jumps out and shoots. And he, he sees somebody jump out of a van. He thinks he's being robbed. He'd gotten a gun because he carries so much equipment and cash around because they, they, the band performs. He runs away and the cop guns him down and claims he saw a gun. Yeah, he had a gun. He thought you were robbing him. So the reality is, is you have so many instances of white Americans calling the police on black people for minor things rather than talking to the person or asking who they are. And by the way, the idea that black people are somehow in your space. In your way. They're not in your space. Starbucks is not your space. You yeah. don't own Starbucks. It's a public space. Yeah. It's not your space. And so them being there is not in any way infringing on you. So the idea that they're in my space, they're moving into my building. That's they're annoying communal me. communal space. Yes. It's their space too. So let's start thinking of these spaces as communal. Don't think of it as your space. You don't own all the space. Right. You can't decide who gets to stand in it. And guess what? There's probably another Starbucks up the street. If you don't like what's going on there, walk up the block. Right. Go outside and say, you know what? I don't want to be in there. But why wouldn't you? They're just two guys. Just it's sitting weird. there. Why does that bother you so much? And, and also, why do people have this sense of ownership of physical space? That yeah. It's my space. That if we're in here in this Hackensack Meridian Health Studio and someone right. walks in, this is our space. No, we're in the space. Right. And the space it's is not, not your ours. space. And if you're in your house, then okay. Then you're in your then, space. Then we have, then, okay, you have an argument. But we are in a public place. What about those students at the University of Florida trying to march across that stage and, you know, graduate? And they were dancing as they were, like, for a few seconds going across the stage. And there was um, a white man in a ceremonial robe that was grabbing black people that were dancing and celebrating. In the moment that they were just walking across stage and ushering them off stage and hurrying them off. I mean, the university president came forward and apologized to these students and apologized on behalf of the university the, look at the video. You will be outraged. Or what about the Waffle House incident where this With woman the, is almost stripped naked because she wanted, like, a sauces? A fork. Or a fork. A fork. 
It's like, what is happening? How does it escalate to that? Because the idea is that black people are one of two things, either an object of entertainment or an object of fear. Yeah. And so if we're in a if space. If you're not entertaining me, then what are you doing here? If, we're, if you're not playing basketball in front of me, singing or dancing, why are you here? But the, there are two kinds of black people, right? There are entertaining black people and threatening black people. Yeah. And so whenever I see a black person in a space that I think they shouldn't be in, a mostly white neighborhood that just a year ago was a mostly black neighborhood. And because I'm superior. Yeah. I, I have, I've gotten the look in Fort Greene. I used to live in Fort Greene. Yeah. I lived in Fort Greene when you get robbed in Fort Greene, you know, when it was a black neighborhood. And now Fort Greene is a mostly white neighborhood. And I've gotten the look walking through the park or people just sort of looking at you like you walk into one of the kale shops and they're like, what are you doing in here? But it's like, wait a minute. I was, I was bored in Brooklyn. Yeah. I, 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 I can be in Brooklyn. I can be in this shop. Like, you don't look at me funny. I'm not here to hurt you. Right. And so I think this notion that black people are scary or entertaining is part of the problem. We, yeah. have, to, we have to somehow get people to deal with Anytime a black person is in your space where they're not doing something you think they should be doing, that's not a reason to call 911. By the way, it's not police's job. No. But I have cop friends who go, why are we getting called for everything? Yeah, and when you respond, why are you handcuffing people? Why are you arresting people? Why are you drawing your weapons on people? How about start with the conversation? Right, and you find know what? out what's going on. And, and whether... I want these people making these phone calls to be identified. False arrest. And I also... need something to be done to these people. I need a penalty. Like, I'm not trying to encourage people not to report what they think is a legitimate crime. crime. Yeah. But when it's not something like that, when yep. it's just you, you know, pulling, calling 911 and yep. using tax dollars, yep. you know, to because you're annoyed or irritated because someone's in a public space that yep. you think is your space. I think some, I think these people need to be part of the story. I would like to see district attorneys who are running for, they're all elected officials mostly. When you run for office, here's a good platform idea that there should be a fine if you waste the police's time and yep. taxpayer dollars calling the cops on somebody just standing around and starting. I agree. You should have to give your name on this 911 call, your information. If you call the cops on somebody for nothing, yeah. you should have some liability. So that would deter people from using 911 as their, you know, dear Abby. And beyond that, what they should have to do is apologize face-to-face to any person, any black person that was inconvenienced or embarrassed, um, you know, or the family if someone was hurt, um, you know, when you call 911 and it's for something like they're just sitting in yep. Starbucks and yep. they shouldn't be. And police That should, woman should have to apologize. Absolutely. There should be civil liabilities. And I don't know whatever happened with Sandra Bland, but that's a perfect example. Yes, if somebody it is. For nothing ends up dead. There should be tremendous civil liability attached to that to discourage people from and police themselves from using their authority to essentially enforce separation. Because you notice when all these stories happen... You never hear the names nope. of the people who call the police. That's right. You never they see their faces. It. It, the story just goes into another different direction. Right. But I want yep. journalists to cover and find out who these people are. Who called the cops on yeah. Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old child? Who yes. Who did that? Who called the cops on uh, John Crawford III, who's yes. in the toy aisle, picked up a toy gun? Yeah. Who called the cops on him? Yeah. Shouldn't we, have, we should know that. Yes. And that person should have some civil liability, I would think. I agree. Because they wasted taxpayer money. They cost people their lives, their dignity, their I think time. they should have to make a public apology on top of paying some kind of fine or fee. Implement, implement, yes. implement. All right, that is our time. Yes. Thank what you, you for tuning in to read this, read that. Oh, no, what, oh, are, you, what are you going to do for you this weekend? Um, on your days off, I should say. I always want to say the weekend, but you are a working girl. I work weekend. on the weekend. I have to work on Monday, so my Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be my day off. Um, oh, I'm off Sunday. Oh, Mother's Day. 
Mother's Day, I'm gonna we're gonna do Mother's Day with all of the of our elders in the family. So we're gonna have Jason's grandma, my godmother, all the senior seasoned citizens at least that are here in New York. We're gonna all get together and we're gonna go to Melba's, our favorite oh, little nice. restaurant, oh, um, nice. and we're gonna all have a lovely uh, dinner. And then I'm my. Uh, my hairstylist, who's a new mom, she's mm-hmm. gonna come and celebrate with us because it's her first Mother's Day, and she's not with her family. So we're gonna do a wonderful like Mother's Day extravaganza. What about oh, you? What are you gonna do nice. for you? Let me tell you, this is my first weekend after that cruise, girl. If I wake up, I'm just gonna turn everything off, no alarms, no anything, and I've just got to just like sleep for about a good 15 hours straight. I have to get some good sleep. That's the main thing. I mean, Mother's Day, my mother was on the cruise with me. Oh, okay. So that was her Mother's Day. That was her Mother's Day, yes. Um, Of course, sending her flowers and sending her love and talking to her on that day. But I won't be able to see her because she's in Atlanta. But my main thing is just getting some doggone rest. Yes. Yes. That's my dream right now, sleep. Sleep is my dream. How's the sleep going? Um, feel not great. Oh, joy. I'm stressed, but I'm going to sleep. I'm going to do it. I tried the, I tried another friend of ours sent me, um, a meditation tape. How did that go? No? Did you try that meditation thing I sent you? I tried that too. It didn't work. The meditation, the problem with the meditation tape is that the person talking to me, I listen to them. And so then I'm listening to what they're saying and I start, my mind goes off into it. Maybe you should get it in a language that you don't speak. That might be it. Because the the fact that I can understand what they're saying, I just focus on what they're saying and I can't sleep. Because I'm too busy listening to them. This breaks my heart. The lack of sleep. But I sleep four or five hours a night. All right, well, follow us on social media, Facebook, (laughs) Instagram, Twitter, at Read This, Read That. Leave off the T on Twitter for savings. You know, somebody asked me on social media, why do you all say that? What does that mean? It means Read This, Read That. (laughs) You can catch Jackie Reed on the Tom Turner Morning Show every Tuesday and Friday or on the cruise if you're lucky enough to go on it. 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, also on NBC's New York Live. Weekdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you happen to be in Boston, catch Miss Jackie Reed on NBC's The Hub today. Weekdays at 12.30 p.m. EST. Hubba hubba. And be sure to tune into AM Joy this Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on MSNBC. You don't want to miss our girl. Yes. And um, by the way, just to let everybody know, we only have one show this weekend. We do not have a show on Mother's Day because Premier League Soccer is playing. We are being preempted by Premier League Soccer, which means I get Mother's Day off. Good. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Yes. Bye. Bye.